Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So Gather, we have been uh, thinking and praying and dreaming about this community uh, for three years now, which seems almost unbelievable. It's gone by really, really fast for me, at least. It also just kind of feels like 2020 didn't count in there and like most of 2021 didn't uh, either. And so it's, it's the, the timeline is a little blurred for me, but uh, it's been three years and it's been a flash and I'm so grateful. And I shared some of this at our members meeting last week, but uh, in our, right when we got started, we were talking a lot about growth. We're using a lot of growth language. We want to grow in our uh, understanding of God, grow in our understanding of the Bible, grow in the understanding of ourselves. And um, we, we used a lot of that language. And then I looked up a few months in, about a year in, and saw just a whole group of people who were really tired, <laughs> uh, like just an exhausted community, uh, exhausted from the heaviness of life, exhausted from religious trauma and abuse, exhausted for all kinds of reasons. And I just knew I couldn't stand up in front of our community anymore and tell them that they needed to do more or to be more, that they needed to grow, grow, grow. And so we did a find and replace about a year in. Everywhere that we said grow, uh, we just uh, replaced it with heal. And so we started talking about how we wanted to help people heal their understanding of God, and help people heal their understanding of the Bible, heal their understanding of themselves. We became a community that was pursuing healing. We started reimbursing mental health costs for people. And we have reimbursed a lot of counselor costs this year, and I'm so proud of that. We started uh, really talking about what it looks like to be a church that heals from religious trauma and abuse, because as a religious community, I think we have a real role to play in that. And we took this idea seriously, that we are a community pursuing healing. And then because we care so much about healing, it didn't take us long to realize that we needed uh, to be a safe place. We needed to be a place of safety because growth can happen in all kinds of environments. All, all kinds of things and people can grow in all kinds of environments. But healing, the work of healing requires safety. And so we started talking a lot about what it means to be a safe place. And the things that were true for us, but ideas that were kind of marginal, moved to the forefront. So we started talking a lot about inclusion and reconciliation. Because if it's not safe for everyone, it's not safe at all. And so we started communicating as often, that we, as, often as we could that God's love is for everyone. Like really, just everyone. That it doesn't matter your race or class, or gender, or sexual orientation, or nationality. It doesn't even matter your religion. It doesn't matter your personality. None of it counts for us or against us that God's love is for everyone. And so because safety is required for healing, we became a safe place. And man, I am proud of that work. Uh, mostly because it means that you did the work uh, our community, the people in this church are the ones that make it a safe place. I can talk about it as much as I want, but you are the ones who make it a safe place. And uh, there's not that many safe spaces. It's, it, there's really not that many safe religious spaces. And because of the work that you've done, we have become a safe place. And we are not a perfect church by any means. We are definitely building this plane while we fly it, but we are a safe church. And I am, man, I'm proud of that. 
but now kind of in our third movement, right? We had this movement where we said, we want to, we want to focus on healing. We said, we need to focus on safety. And now in our third movement, we want to go further. And so now really what we're going to focus on, what we're just adding in to our ethos and to our culture is that we are becoming a community of peacemakers. Peacemakers. We are peacemakers. And peacemaking is a big, broad, beautiful term. Shane Claiborne says this about peacemaking. Peacemaking doesn't mean passivity. It is the act of interrupting injustice without mirroring injustice. The act of disarming evil without destroying the evildoer. The act of finding a third way that is neither fight nor flight, but the careful, arduous pursuit of reconciliation and justice. It is about a revolution of love that is big enough to set both the oppressed and the oppressors free. Disarming evil, reconciliation, justice, a revolution of love. You guys in for that? I'm in for that. I like that. There is this interesting thing uh, in our world, though, that the people who are the most committed in our world, and our culture, the people who are the most committed to the idea of peace, committed to the idea of peace as an alternative to the power and the violence that uh, is so clear, that those people most committed to peace often see Jesus and the followers of Jesus as marginal to that cause. I mean, I understand why would you get a religious figure, especially a religious figure who has been so associated with war and violence, especially his followers. Why would you get that religious figure in on your cause? I mean, I do understand. But it feels like the people most committed to peace have felt like Jesus and Jesus' followers are marginal to that mission. And on the other hand, it seems like those most committed to Jesus see little need to get Jesus mixed up in the work of peacemaking. Because if Christianity is mostly about um, the saving souls, the spiritual work of getting people to an afterlife, then Jesus' ideas about peace can really just wait until we all get to heaven. But I believe that at least for our community, it is time for the church of Jesus to be reintegrated with the ways of Jesus the radical nonviolence, the interruption of injustice, the reconciliation, disarming evil, a revolution of love. Those are the ways of Jesus, and it's time for the church of Jesus to re-embrace the ways of Jesus. It's time for the church of Jesus to become peacemakers. Peacemaking is the way of Jesus. And when Jesus comes as the prince of peace, as the rabbi on the mountain saying, blessed are the peacemakers. He's not simply talking about an absence of conflict. Jesus is uh, uh, living out this Hebrew ideal of shalom. You probably know that word. It's familiar to you at least a little bit. But this word shalom, it gets translated in the Old Testament as peace. And it is an all-inclusive word for wholeness, for beauty, for rightness, where everything in the world is working and being as it is intended to be, that the chaos of our world is put back in order, that everything is set right. Shalom isn't just an absence of war or conflict. It does include that. It's not just about swords being transformed into plowshares, but it does include that. 
Shalom is about all-inclusive wholeness, beauty, goodness, rightness, everything in its intended place. And so when Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes in Matthew 6 and says, blessed are the peacemakers, he's not saying, uh, I like it when you participate in healthy conflict resolution. He's saying, blessed are those who work to make things right. Or in John 14, when he says in in verse 27, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. He's not saying, uh, I want you to have a little clearer head or um, I I want you to have a little less fear. He's saying, what I'm giving to you is everything in your life being put in its rightful place. Everything in our world, it's personal, it's political, it's geopolitical, it's everything being made right and good and whole. My shalom, I give to you. It's justice and it's mercy. It's feeding the hungry and making sure that the systems of oppression don't keep these people hungry anymore. It's nonviolent and it's reconciling and it's resistance and it's holy protest. It's feeding the 5,000 and it's flipping over the table. Shalom is the way of Jesus. Peacemaking is the way of Jesus. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Ephesians chapter 2, For Jesus himself is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Paul says that Jesus offers social shalom, that the two groups become One, he offers religious shalom. He abolishes the laws and the regulations that kept people out. Jesus offers cosmic shalom, that there's no more hostility between those who are far from God and those who are near from God, that God has been reconciled to all. And that ultimately the shalom of Jesus is making a new humanity. All things put in the rightful place. Shalom is the way of Jesus. Peacemaking is the way of Jesus. And so this is our identity, partnering with God to make things right. Blessed are the peacemakers. So uh, sometimes my days feel a little heavy, just not all the time, but occasionally I'll have some heavy days, you know, lots of pastoral care, counseling, a lot of COVID decisions this year that have been uh, way out of my Uh, pay grade. And so uh, in between uh, that heavy stuff and trying to figure out what the Bible says about really uh, complex, crazy issues and uh, all of that, sometimes what I like to do is just uh, listen to really silly podcasts. So some of you like to send me really serious stuff to listen to, like really heady academic or political things. And I'm so glad you're into it. Uh, But I don't listen to that. I just listen to silly stuff. So Uh, occasionally in between the silly stories and the semi-inappropriate jokes, there will be some real gold in there. And so recently I was listening to an interview uh, with Tina Fey, the great theologian and philosopher, Tina Fey. And uh, she was talking about, uh, she was kind of giving her take on improv. So if you're a person who's into improv, I'm not really into improv, but if you're a person that's into improv, Tina Fey is one uh, to listen to. And so she was explaining that when you're doing improv, 
there's usually two or three people out on stage who are doing a scene. And uh, most of the time, you spend your time just off stage waiting to go in. So you're trying to figure out the right moment to step onto the stage and participate. And so what she said was that uh, the temptation is to step out onto the stage when you have a really good idea or you have something clever to say or when the audience is loving it. So the temptation is if you have a really good idea, something good to say, or the audience is in a great mood, then that might be the moment to step out onto the stage. But what she said is that you should only step out. You should only go on stage when you're needed. Only go in when you're needed. And listen, our world has needs, and I believe that we are meant to partner with God in the work of shalom to make things right. But if you are not whole, if you are not healing, if you are not a safe space, if you are only operating from a place of moral high ground, another word for that might be supremacy, if you are only operating out of your own ego, you are not needed yet. If you're only stepping outward to participate in our world because you think you have the best idea or because you think the audience, whoever the audience is, will love it, you are not needed yet. We stay off the stage until we are needed. There is plenty of white savior complex already operating in our world. Making peace, partnering with God and making things right only happens out of our own peace, our own wholeness, our own shalom and healing. You've heard it said that hurt people hurt people and that healed people heal people. Richard Rohr says, if we don't transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. We don't need any more people projecting all their own pain into a world that is already so painful. That's, that's why I believe our journey as a community is so beautiful. It definitely was not on purpose, but we are now stepping into this identity as peacemakers out of our desire for safety and healing, out of our own healing and wholeness. Right? And this is really the cycle that we're meant to work inside of, that we create a safe space, that we start to heal. And then out of that healing, we step out into our world to create a safe space for someone else and then to help them heal. And then ultimately we will be heard again and we find a safe space and we pursue our healing. And then we step out into the world to create a safe space and help someone else pursue their healing. We just get in this cycle as peacemakers that we create safe spaces and that we pursue healing and then we help someone else do the same. Peacemaking is the way of Jesus. And we participate in that work out of our own wholeness, our own healing, our own shalom. So for you, do you think of the work of Jesus as the work of peacemaking? Shalom. Have you boxed Jesus in to just saving souls for an afterlife? Have you left Jesus out of justice for this world? How do you think about the work of Jesus? And uh, do you think you're needed? I know you might have a good idea, and I know your audience might love it. But are you able to participate in our world from a place of wholeness instead of hurt? Are you able to participate in the work of peacemaking out of your own healing 
or do you think you might just be transmitting pain? And for you, what would peacemaking look like this week? What would it look like this week? Maybe, um, maybe you need to do more of the healing work. Maybe that's where it starts. You just say, I'm not, I would be from a place, uh, I would be participating from a place of real supremacy, moral high ground, ego. Maybe just noticing those desires would be helpful for you. Maybe you could just notice uh, the language or culture of violence that we live within. We're going to talk more about that, but maybe you could just start seeing how violence is so prevalent. Uh, maybe peacemaking for you would look like reconciliation. These words almost always go together in the Bible. And maybe there's a person, a family member, a friend, a coworker that you need to reconcile with. Maybe uh, on the other side of that coin, there might be a family or friend or coworker that you need to set a boundary with. Maybe that's what peacemaking would look like for you. Boundaries. I wonder what peacemaking would look like for you. Right? Peacemaking is the way of Jesus. The way of putting things in their rightful place, all inclusive goodness and rightness. And we participate in that work out of our own wholeness and healing. So uh, for the next few weeks, we're talking about peacemaking. We're going to really focus on it. Uh, We're talking about embracing a nonviolent theology. We're talking about intertwining justice and mercy. We're going to talk about decolonization. We're going to talk about how to do evangelism hard word for me to say out loud. We're going to talk about how to do evangelism as peacemakers. And my expectation is that this content is going to stretch us a little bit, might even be uncomfortable. Uh, It's hard. It's already stretched me a good bit, that it will be challenging for us. I know that. I know it's going to be hard. But if, if we're going to really participate in this work, even though it's really challenging, I think we're going to have to be really honest about what we're facing. Things like mass incarceration, systemic racism, oppression, a reliance on the sickness of violence, white supremacy, Christian nationalism, imperialism, poverty, war, the wielding, the use of religious power, even just religious language to oppress and abuse. There is much to be put in its rightful place in our world. There is a lot of shalom needed. It is a difficult conversation and it will probably be uncomfortable, but gather, this is a safe space. We are healed and we are healing. So blessed are you, the peacemakers, for you are the children of God. So gather, this is my prayer for you today. Participate in the sacred cycle of shalom. Find a safe space. Be a safe space. Pursue healing for yourself. Pursue healing for our world. You are a peacemaker, interrupting injustice, disarming evil, leading a revolution of love. This is who you are. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.